Welcome to the Screen the Screener College Basketball Podcast with your hosts, Mike Randall and Gus Kearns. Less than a week away. Hashtag NBA Draft 2017. The NBA team executives are getting ready. They're checking their notes. They're checking their boards. They're doing their research. They are double, triple checking what they want to know on these incoming former college student athletes from the NCAA. I always love NBA draft night. There's a number of things that it signals. It signals uh, the end of the school year. It signals the start of summer. It always coincides with uh, possibly the longest day of the year, uh, the summer solstice. So there's so many nice things that are correlating with the NBA draft it makes you look forward to it and so, for so many reasons. But, Mike Randall, we have a number of good reasons to look forward to the NBA draft, don't we? I cannot wait, Gus. I am so excited for next Thursday. You and I have been doing this for 40 years, it feels like, yeah, maybe 35. We get yeah. together, we watch a draft, have a couple beverages, so fired up. Give me that bald dome of Adam Silver walking to that podium, and I'll be the happiest guy in the room. Let me tell you. Woo! Can't wait. And I love that it's local. I love that it's at the Barclays. You always love when it's at a great uh, establishment, a great venue. Uh, if you just reflect back upon the NFL draft, they did a great job in Philadelphia. And I feel like Barclays is going to do the exact same thing. You know, we, we could go. We so could go. We're going to stay with the families. But, like, we could go. Yeah. Oh, yeah. my God. It would be great. Oh, we, we could, if we could do a show live, I would go. If we could do a show live from there, it would be awesome. Maybe, maybe in the future. I, I think that could be a screen-to-screener goal, no? 100%. Screen the screener future goal live show from NBA draft. It sounds totally logical. Listen, listen, next year we're picked up CBS, ESPN. Somebody's picking us up next year. We're going to be right at that table. Let me tell you. I think we'll have a number of things to talk about as well. I don't think we'll be, I don't think we'll be bring. I don't think we'll be short with the information. And we won't be talking about practice. <laughs> practice. Uh, hey, before we're talking about practice and before we talk the NBA draft, uh, I believe we need to touch on the Louisville situation. No pun uh, intended. <laughs> no pun intended, please. We'll keep it as clean as possible. We are a PG podcast. We are not going to dive in uh, to the uh, any any punny things here. We're just going to try to keep it straight. Uh, the, <laughs> the Louisville sanctions that have been brought down, uh, Mike, give me your two quick cents on – Patino getting suspended, the Louisville sanctions, and and what the NCA decided to do here. They they suspended him for five games, basically failure to control his own program. What I found absolutely fascinating, Gus, is I got to read the excerpt today about yeah. these recruits come in. They're sitting in like the dining hall. They get mm-hmm. pulled into some room. I mean, just imagine being at college, like noon, okay? Just walking across campus. One of these kids was 16 years old. They go into another room where a former compliance director, somebody like that in compliance, former, and again, compliance, funny, right? Uh, brings in like four women and starts handing out condoms. Like, just a bizarre story. I mean, here's the thing. Did Patino set this up, Gus? I don't know. I want to think now. Did he sit there and... But what, the idea that he didn't know is absurd. And when he found out, you can see how this happens, right? He finds out somebody on his staff is doing it. It's one of his boys. He doesn't want to fire him, the whole thing. But I'm sorry. This is a little much, man. I mean, this, it's Porky's revenge on steroids. It just 
is lifting the curtain on the dirty, like, basement scraping, like, bottom of the movie theater floor type stickiness that college athletics sometimes operates in. Not all college athletics, some college athletics. Being a former Division I college student athlete, I was clean. Like I didn't have to deal with any of this rigmarole or any of the silliness. You went, you worked hard at practice, you went to class, you worked hard in class, you tried to hold it together, and you tried to balance stuff. To be honest, I didn't have time for anything of, of this nature. Like I barely had time to like hang out on the weekends as a former uh, Division I student athlete. Like, it just seems, it, it, it seems like unbearable and unrealistic that this was a situation and this was like actually real, like reflecting back upon my experience as a, as a college athlete. And it's such a shame that this is what it comes down to for some college programs to get big time recruits in. Like it should just be like I, I like I hosted a whole bunch of my recruits at my school. Like it should just be like, hey, you come sleep in my room. Okay, we go check out a couple of cool parties. I take you to the dining hall. You say that we have good food. We go run a practice. You know, we do a practice. You see how our practice runs. Uh, take you to where the classes are going, and then you make a decision. It shouldn't be all of this ancillary stuff that you just mentioned. Crazy. What what a crazy story. Got to mention it. Who knows what though, you know, whether it's going to be appealed down or not, but crazy things going on in Louisville, huh? <sighs> Man. Uh, you, and again, we hold hold dear, dearly here at Screen the Screener podcast. And you just hope that like something gets cleared up and it's not as dirty as it sounds out as it is, but you know what? Unfortunately, it usually goes the other way. If it's that dirty, we're just scratching the surface of how dirty it really is. And that's a shame. So that that's our take on Louisville. I think everybody got off easy. Even if they uh, somehow take down the 2013 championship banner with Russ Smith and the crew, I think they got off easy. Like that championship happened much like the uh, Fab Five Final Fours got taken down. Like those Final Fours happened. Like that team existed. Uh, it's not like that's going like, to change anything. And you don't want to – the other the other argument you get into is like you don't want to like put it on the kids that are there now because maybe those kids that are there now had nothing to do with this and you don't want to punish those guys. And we can just go back to like the Penn State situation where like they punished the players that were there now that had nothing to do with what happened in the past. So it, the NCAA has a tough job, but it seems like whenever they make a decision like this, everybody always smirks at it and just says like, ugh, they, they messed it up again. That, that, that's what it comes down to. How about we get into some more good news? How about we do a little bit of NBA mock draft for the people out I there? I can't wait for this. I'm so excited. So Mike and I prepared the top 30 picks, you know, all, all every pick in the first round. And the way that we're going to set it up is uh, Mike and I will go through five picks at a time. So we'll go in pods of five. Mike and I will do our picks uh, back and forth. And Mike actually has a scoring system for us on this draft to see who would be like the victor on the draft. You know, it's very easy to give a scoring system for like the NCAA tournament or something else like that. So Mike has actually formulated like a scoring system to see who gets closer on who nails the NBA draft in 2017. Yeah, initially when, when we were talking about this, I'm thinking, okay, well, this is pretty easy. You give one point if you get the the, the 
team right and two points if you actually get the position, something like that. The problem with that is if Gus makes a pick of some guy going 17th and I make a pick of the guy going 8th and the guy actually goes 18th, we get the same amount of points that way. So you should be cl- – the close should matter. Price is right, right? We, you know, without – well, we can go over here, but being close should matter. So, folks, here's the rules. Very simple. The number of picks between where the player is is predicted to go and where they actually go is your score. So, for example, if Gus predicts Lonzo Ball to go number two to L.A. and he actually goes to the Knicks at eight, then Gus gets six points. Now, points are bad here. It's like golf, so the lowest wins. So the difference between where we predict they're going to go and where they actually go will be points. If the player was taken with a different pick but goes to the right team, so let's say there's a trade or a subsequent pick. So like if you pick somebody to go to Sacramento and they actually go to Sacramento, but at the 10th pick, let's say, then how, how about how about we use like Portland because Portland has three first round picks. Yeah, same thing. I mean, so, you know, if, if you Sacramento's got the two, right? And then uh, Portland's got the three, something like that. But it, whatever it is, you'll get half the points. So if the Lakers traded down to get ball and you had him at two, but he does go to the Lakers, but he goes at eight. It would be six in the first example. It's going to be half of that. It's going to be three. So basically, all you need to know is we're going off a differential from where we predict they're going to be and where they're actually going to be, and the less points wins. Those are the only two things you need to know. So we have a scoring system. There will be a winner and a loser, and there will be a consequence for that loser. Consequence to be determined. Listeners, if you would like to suggest a consequence for the loser, please hit up the podcast SDS podcast on Twitter. We'd love to hear from you. Love interacting with you guys. We, we've done that a whole bunch this week. So thank you guys for, for chiming in. Those of you that we haven't got back to yet, just give us some time. Again, Mike and I do have like real jobs during the day. So we try to fit everything in and families. So just give us a chance. We'd love interacting with you. And if you want to hit us up on Gmail, please hit us up at uh, SDS podcast at gmail.com. We'd love to interact with you guys. So if you have a, a consequence for the loser for the 2000, 17 NBA draft challenge for the screen to screener challenge. Please let us know. We'd love to interact and, and, and find a good consequence from one of our listeners. That'd be fantastic. Mike, are you ready to do the first five picks of the 2017 NBA draft? Let's do it, my man. I'm ready to rock and roll. I can't wait for this. Just when you thought you had everything figured out, we got some trade rumors, people. We got some NBA draft 2017 trade rumors we have the celtics involved we have the 76ers involved 76ers would like to trade up to the first pick with the celtics for some futures so they can go ahead and pair their trust the process roster with Embiid and simmons with markel fultz with the first pick thus giving boston the third pick and boston moving from there Mike Randall, with this trade in place, with this trade as a rumor out there, how does this adjust your first five picks moving forward for the 2017 NBA draft? Okay, Gus. So it seems like this trade is going to go through. They should be announced on Monday. So when this podcast is being sent out there, it looks like this trade is going to be official that Boston and Philly are going to swap picks. Boston also getting a 2018 first round pick. So that means Philly's picking first and all indications, Gus, is that they're picking Mark Kell Fultz. Fultz has wowed people with his workouts lately and has really come on strong. And I think the Sixers just finally said he's our guy. And so all reports are saying that he's going to go first. So that's my prediction. Mark Kell Fultz is going to join Ben Simmons. He's going to join Jaleel Okafor. He's going to join Joel Embiid. 
there in Philadelphia, and he's going to be their point guard, their scoring point guard as well. And that's trust the process, right? So they're getting their man. They're going after it. And I got Markel Fultz going first to Philadelphia. Number two with the Lakers. I'm sticking to it, Gus. I'm going with De'Aaron Fox. Something weird is going to happen. I hearken back to the NFL draft with Mitchell Trubisky. Something odd's going to happen here. They had to work him out twice. That means they had doubt because if they didn't have doubt, they wouldn't have worked him out twice. I think they're keeping quiet. I think they're trying to hide who they want. I think they're taking De'Aaron Fox. Magic, I've watched the 30 for 30, all three of those segments, Guts. It's been incredible. And I'll tell you right now, I think they're taking De'Aaron Fox second. I'll be cheering. I'll be fired up. I'll be all over Twitter on this one, folks. I think De'Aaron Fox is going second to the Lakers. Number three, going to the Celtics. I think they want Jason Tatum. A lot of people are thinking Josh Jackson here. I think Tatum is the more well-rounded player. He's a better free-throw shooter. He's a better outside shooter. He really has been versatile. He stepped into a role that he really wasn't ready for, as did Jackson. But Tatum really scored and was balanced and could guard bigs. He can guard the wing. He'd be the perfect guy to step in there. I don't think uh, Ainge or Stevens is opening their mouth right now. I do not think they're taking Josh Jackson. I think they're taking Jason Tatum, and that's why they're trading down number three to the Celtics. Number four, I do not think Phoenix is going to pass on Lonzo Ball. Listen, I get it. I understand that Lonzo Ball, they got point guards there. They got guys on Phoenix, but they want to run and they want to score. And this kid is a business ticket. He is going to sell seats. I know it's not the big type of atmosphere that LeVar expects. He's not looking for Phoenix. He probably wanted Boston or LA or Philly, one of those major markets. But I'll tell you right now, I don't think you can pass on this kid if you're Phoenix. You've seen him out there on the West Coast. I think they're taking him as the point guard to lead them. That's what I think they're doing, which unfortunately is going to put Josh Jackson, who is one heck of a player, going to Sacramento with that fifth pick. So to recap for you, Gus, I got Markel Fultz after the trade going to Philadelphia. I got De'Aaron Fox, fingers are crossed, going number two, the Lakers, as the Magic Johnson star of the future. I got Jason Tatum because the Celtics are keeping quiet, much like Red Arback not saying much. I think that's the guy that they want to help them take a step towards making the NBA Finals three to the Celtics. I got Lonzo Ball going out to Phoenix, run baby run, trying to get them up there into the playoffs and get them into a, a situation where they're, they're, they're relevant again in, in a tough Western Conference. And number five, I got Josh Jackson, who some people think is the best player all around in the draft, actually dropping fifth to Sacramento, but that's a tough place for him to play. That's an interesting take. Now, there's a number of things I can retort there. Number one, I don't think there's any way that Phoenix touches Lonzo Ball. They have Ty Lawson. Uh, that, no, I'm sorry. They have Bloodsoe, they have Knight, and they have Euless in the backcourt already as point guards. There's no way they're going to take a fourth point guard. If Phoenix goes anywhere, they're going to go wing or small forward position. So I don't think there's any way that Ball goes to Phoenix if anything, I think he falls even further, and we'll get into my top five picks right now. We plug in the trade, and we give the Sixers the first pick. Guess what? The Sixers are going to take Fultz. Fultz is going to be the first pick in this draft, regardless of who owns that particular pick. So I'm going to give the Sixers Fultz if they go ahead and trade up with the Celtics, because they would love to have three ball handlers on the floor at the same time with Fultz, Simmons, and then throw in whoever they're going to put it small, uh, you know, small forward or off guard. 
that would give them three major ball handlers. That'd be an unbelievably unique position. And plus, it wouldn't put so much uh, pressure on Simmons as being the major ball handler. And you and I talked like, you know, before we got onto the podcast and then we said like, you know, why wouldn't they, why wouldn't they do this? Why wouldn't they do that? Like, why don't they need a true point guard? Like, and I brought up the bulls. Like, I know, I know we're taking like the most perfect blueprint of all time with one of the greatest players of all time, but like name the bulls, like starting point guard. Go ahead. You know who it is? It's a list of very, 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 very many great players. It's uh, Paxson, it's B.J. Armstrong, it's Craig Hodges, it's Steve Kerr, it's, like, it's, it's, it's Ron Harper. It's all of those guys. But nobody was like a dominant ball handler. So maybe the 76ers are looking at that blueprint and saying, like, we don't need a dominant ball handler. We just need a lot of good ball handlers. And that's what Fultz and Simmons and the rest of the crew is going to be. Uh, if we go to L.A. at number two, guess what? They're still going to take Josh Jackson. They are not getting going to get off that player. I don't see Josh Jackson going anywhere but one or two in this draft. And if you par- partner Josh Jackson with Clarkson, Ingram, Randall, uh, and then Mozgov, and then you bring uh, who's the good point guard, uh, Russell from Ohio State off the bench, and running your second crew and just letting him kind of, you know, run rough shot with his second crew. That's not bad. That works. Number three. Boston, guess what? They're going to take Jason Tatum. If you paid attention to the playoffs, you saw that they were very, the Celtics were very compromised at that wing position. As much as we love Jay Crowder, how hard he works, how much he sacrifices, what he brings to the locker room, he's very limited if you're asking him to go ahead and match up against LeBron James. If you're going ahead and asking him to match up against DeMar DeRozan, if you're going ahead and asking him to match up against Bradley Beal or Otto Porter, if you're going ahead and asking him to match up against Clay Thompson, you know, God forbid they make the finals, or Kevin Durant, you know what they need? They need a wing score. That's where Jason Tatum is going to go. And then number five, that's where Lonzo Ball is going to go. He's going to go to Sacramento. He's going to fall all the way there and stay there. And Sacramento is going to be unbelievably pleased. Vlade is going to do a little Vlade dance when the Sacramento Kings select number five and Lonzo Ball is going to be there. Mike Randall, you are up with Orlando with a six pick. You know what I love, Gus, is here's the thing. This is a tough one because for me, this is not about whether, and I keep forgetting this, whether these players are good or not. I will never understand why everyone in the Western Hemisphere loves Jonathan Isaac. I don't get it. Were there 30.20 rebound games at Florida State that I missed? Everybody's talking about him playing small forward. What handle? What, what, where, is the, where is the video of him dribbling up and down the floor? But that doesn't matter. Like uh, What we're doing is we're predicting where they're going, so I have to remember that. Not predicting whether it's a good pick or a bad pick where I think they're going. And it just drives me Correct. nuts. Correct. I, I don't get this. I just uh, The Jonathan Isaac thing is bizarre to me. I, people are talking about him as a mini Durant. Are you are people out of their mind? Mini Durant? There's a clear out for a one-on-one on Jonathan Isaac who's dropping three points in an ACC game that they ought to win? I don't get it, man. But I, listen, it's possible. He could have been the number one pick. I, it's, it's just, I just don't see it. But again, it's about picking where they're going. So let me refocus. I apologize. Please refocus and focus in on Orlando at number six. Who I have picking Jonathan Isaac. <laughs> <laughs> yes. 
Uh, listen, oh, that's perfect. Perfect. They're, they're a mess. Orlando's a mess. Terrible record. Rebuilding mode. Despite having a ton of bigs, right? They were horrific in rebounding. They were 18th in the league in offensive rebounding and 16th in defensive rebounding. Everyone loves this Isaac guy. Mini Durant, the whole thing. He is not getting past Orlando. I think they're taking him number six. Number seven, tough call here. This is a team on the rise. Levine, Wiggins, Thibodeau, they're headed in the right direction, right? I think they need a point guard. I think they're taking Dennis Smith Jr. I think Interesting. I think they're taking an athletic guard. I don't wow. think they're, they're going foreign. I think Smith is one of these guys who rise. I happen to not like both Jonathan Isaac and Dennis Smith Jr. I think they both are going to massively underperform their draft value. <laughs> but I, I'm reading what I'm reading with Minnesota is Minnesota's kind of heading, you know, going for it here. Carl Anthony Towns. They need a solid point guard. He's an athlete that can score. I don't see a better fit there. I know they have Rubio. I think they're trading Rubio, to be honest, Gus. I think he's out of there. I think he, he's been the guy that everybody backs off of because they know he can't score, which is my issue I, with Lonzo Ball. So right, Can I jump in and play devil's advocate? Yep. They just wasted two first-round picks on Dunn and Jones yeah, for a point I, guard. Are they going to blow another one on Dennis Smith? Yeah, I just don't I don't think Dunn and Jones are like are, are impact people. I, I think okay. they, can put, okay. they can put Smith if they have to at an off-guard spot, I just think Rubio's out of there. I'm not going to predict trades. We had something, folks, where we could predict trades and how that's going to be calculated. I think it's silly with you and I and anyone who's not in the know and in the inside to predict trades here. I think it's ridiculous. So I'm not going to do that. I think you're taking Dennis Smith at Minnesota. Number eight, Phil, you're not going foreign. You're not going marketing. You're not doing the flying fin. You're making the safe play. You're picking the guy who's going to fill up the seats, put Fanny in the seats, bring the name. Malik Monk's going to the Knicks. And I have to tell you, I feel very, very strongly about this one. I think it's a perfect fit. I think he's got to go away from Porzingis, spread the floor with Melo. He's a young, exciting player. Calipari said you haven't even seen the the tip of the iceberg yet with this guy. They need to sell tickets. Malik Monk will sell tickets. 50 points, the whole thing, whatever. Okay, number nine. I haven't. I, this is the pick I feel the most confident on in the entire first round. The Dallas Mavericks are taking Frank Nitalikina. They're tanky, They're taking Frank Nitalikina because Mark Cuban has been going around running his mouth. And unless this is some deep, you know, reverse psychology, listen to what he said, Gus. "Quote: Well, we got to get better point guard. There's no question." He said at the end of last season. You know, if we can't do it in the draft, we're gonna have to look at free agency. But we got to get that one pass first point guard. That's what we have to do. And, and just playing time and consistency will help that person as well. He's been over scouting Nitalikina. He's talked about how much he loves him. They brought the six foot five guy in there. I think they're going there. And I feel very, very strong about these back to back picks with Monk and Nitalikina. Unless Monk goes earlier, obviously, and throws the whole thing off. Right. And number 10, Gus, this is probably the hardest one for me on who Sacramento is going to pair with. They right. don't need a shooting guard, obviously. I, oh, I'm going to put Zach Collins there. I think Zach. Really? Collins, yeah, I think Zach. Okay. Zach Collins is athletic. He's got a high motor. He's just got to stay out of foul trouble. But you put him with Tatum. That's two solid front court guys. Tatum's more of a swing. But I like Zach Collins there. I struggle with this. I don't think they're taking marketing. It's too early for Donovan Mitchell. They take Dennis Smith Jr. if he dropped. I just don't think he's going to drop. So in the end, out of that next bunch, I'm going to take the best player with the biggest upside, and that's your boy from Gonzaga, Zach Collins. 
Love that you got Zach Collins in the top 10. All right, give us a rundown of your uh, 6 to 10 one more time. Start with Orlando and then run it down. I have no idea why. Jonathan Isaac's going to Orlando. Dennis Smith Jr. is going to Minnesota. Malik Monk is going to the Knicks. Frank Nittalikina, lock it up to the Mavericks. And Zach Collins, the big, with the potential, going to Sacramento at 10. All right, let's roll it out. I'm starting at 6 now with Orlando. And guess what? You didn't have him picked yet. I have him picked at number six. Lauren Markkinen's going to Orlando at number six. The reason he's going to Orlando at number six is they don't need a point guard. They have oh, almost 15 to $16 million invested in point guard. They are not going to draft a point guard. They have DJ Augustine, Elder Payton, and CJ Watson. They also have Aaron Gordon, who is they're trying to draft into a morph into some sort of small forward who can't shoot but can defend. So what do they need to counterbalance that? They need a power forward that can shoot it. Lord Marketing can shoot it. My comp for Lord Marketing is pretty simple. We mentioned this before on the podcast. It's Detlef Shrimp. Detlef Shrimp was the stretch four that's before the stretch such four. An outsta- was cool. Gus, that's such an outstanding comparison. Oh, my goodness. He's a stretch four before the stretch four was cool at a thing. Lord Marketing is going to do the same thing Detlef Shrimp did shoot the ball really well from deep, and be really efficient. Then we're going to go to number seven at Minnesota. Minnesota takes Malik Monk. Here's why they're going to take Malik Monk. They need a floor spacer. They need a floor spacer for Wiggs to do a, go ahead and do his thing in the open floor and give him some space. They need a floor spacer for Cat. Cat needs a whole side to do his thing. And he can handle the ball. And as I mentioned before, they do have Rubio, Dunn, and Jones at the point guard position. There's no way they're taking a point guard. In my eyes, they take Malik Monk, floor spacer. He is going to get a ton of open shots because you're, everybody's going to double down on Wiggs and Cat. And not, not to mention Levine. Wow, what a two-guard operation they're going to have. They're going to have Levine that can dunk on people's necks and Monk who can shoot it from about 35 feet with accuracy. Unbelievable. My my comp for Malik Monk is pretty simple. We've been watching. Everybody's been watching the thirty for thirty, the Celtics versus the Lakers, right? You know who Malik Monk is. He's Danny Ainge. That's who exactly who he is. He can bang it. He's going to be really athletic. He's going to be crafty with the ball, and he's going to be better than you think. Number eight. Guess what? The best player in the draft might get drafted number eight by the Knicks. And if this guy falls to the Knicks at number eight, there is going to be a hallelujah said in chorus at the Barclays Centers by every Knicks fan in attendance. De'Aaron Fox goes number eight to the Knicks. It'd be great. I said it in the pod, in the Randall Rand. It would be it would be the best pick they made since 85. The comp I have for Kenny Anderson is a comp that we've mentioned before on the podcast. I revealed it. I had it early on this season. He is going to be the best version of Kenny Anderson from Georgia Tech. Think Kenny Anderson his first or second season with the Nets. Think of how nasty he was, how crafty he was, how unbelievably elusive he was. He is going to be what Kenny Anderson was at his highest apex. Number nine, Dallas. You mentioned it. They need a point guard. They are going to take Dennis Smith Jr. Dallas can't wait to draft Dennis Smith Jr. You know who they have running the point right now? They got, I don't know, as old as we are, Devin Harris. I know they love Devin Harris as like a person and as a locker room presence, but he can't run the show like he used to. They also have J.J. Barea, 
who is definitely shorter than the both of us running the point. And they also have, you know, the feel-good story, Yogi Ferrell. They can't wait to draft Dennis Smith Jr. at the ninth spot. And Sacramento, you know what they're going to do? They are going to invest in UCLA. I think Sacramento is going to take Ball at five when he falls, and then they're going to take TJ Leaf here. And they're going to invest in that partnership and have those guys grow together and make a, a build some sort of like Sacramento uprising, Bruin style, UCLA style. My comp for Dennis Smith Jr., you guys remember what Steve Francis was supposed to be? You remember how good he was supposed to be? And then he kind of blew up and got sidetracked by injuries and other things. I feel like Dennis Smith has a little bit of Steve Francis in him. And TJ Leaf, TJ Leaf, just think Kurt Rambis, but a little bit more skilled. So think Kurt Rambis if you're going 30 for 30 here. Those are my two 30 for 30 comps right here in the top 10. So just to run down, number six, I got Lori Marketing going to Orlando. I have Malik Monk heading to Minnesota to help create some space. And number eight, I have De'Aaron Fox and the Knicks hitting the lottery because the best player in the draft falls to them at number eight. Number nine, I have Dallas. Can't wait. They are rubbing their hands together and smiling because they get to pick Dennis Smith Jr. And Sacramento teams up UCLA teammates uh, Lonzo Ball and TJ Leaf, and they take TJ Leaf number 10. Mike, let's hit up the next group of five with Charlotte. Detroit, Denver, Miami, and Portland. With pleasure, my friend. And I have to tell you, if I'm wrong and I don't hear D come out of Adam Silver's mouth with the second pick, I hope he goes to the Knicks and I hope you're right. I don't care about this competition. I'd love to see him with the Knicks if I can't get him in LA. Oh, it'd be great to go with the Knicks, wouldn't it? Wouldn't it'd it be, be great to watch awesome. him every night? Uh, oh, be not, they, the place would go nuts in Brooklyn. Yeah. Uh, all right, here we go. Number 11. The Hornets need a lot, Gus. One of the things they need is buckets from other people besides Kemba Walker. And that's Correct. why I think a gentleman you mentioned before, who's a very complete scorer, Larry Markkinen, is going to Charlotte. I think that's a good place for him. I think uh, N- Nicholas Batum is still a solid guy who had solid numbers, 15.6 rebounds, five assists. They need something else with Kemba Walker and him. And I think Larry Markin can, can provide that. He's not a guy who's going to come in and look to dominate the ball. He's going to play off everyone else. He inside, he's outside, he's versatile. I think MJ goes with him there. Next, another player I despise, I think is going to be a bust and will be a Jingsu Monkey King in about a year and a half. Don- Jingsu Monkey King making an appearance. Uh, I, got, I try to do it every time. Donovan Mitchell is going to go to Detroit. He's mocked there by almost every mock draft that you see is Donovan Mitchell going there. The reason is the Pistons ranked 28th in three-point shooting last year. They only made 33%. If they had somewhat been close to the league average in threes, which is rare that in the NBA you're not – they probably could have made the playoffs as an eight seed. You got Stan Van there. He needs a shooter. He needs some help there. Uh, he, he needs a team that was similar with Andre Drummond at the center, but some way that they can stretch the floor. So they can look for Kyle Korver. They can look for J.J. Redick as free agents. I don't think they're going to do that. I think they're going to take a first-round pick on Donovan Mitchell, and I think they're going to regret it. Moving on, 13. What are the Nuggets going to do with Danilo Gallinari? He's got a player. Great, great question. He's got great a player question. option. He's 29 yep. this summer, Gus, and he still wants that big time contract, right? Because this is probably his last chance at a big cash. Yeah. Now with the cap spike, with the um, the the cap salary cap going up, he's going to want roughly four years, 70 million, 80 million, somewhere there. There's oh, no I, way I, that 
I think you can put that number up a bit. All right, well, here's the thing. Why would you pay that? Why would you pay that much for an aging guy who really doesn't attack the basket that much and missed a season already with a knee injury? I think they let him walk, and I think they can let him walk because TJ Leaf is going to Denver. And I think TJ Leaf is an underrated player. I think he's a very skilled player inside, outside, UCLA can do a lot more than people really gave him credit for because everybody concentrated on Lonzo Ball. So I have TJ Leaf going to Denver to help them out. They have scores there. They need a guy who's going to be an ancillary scorer, and I think TJ Leaf can do that next season. 14 Miami. I think Riles does what Riles does. This is a gentleman that you liked for most of the year. Wake Forest did a nice job down there for them. I think John Collins is going to Miami. I think he's a well-rounded player. I yep. think he's a high motor. I think he's an intense guy. I think he fits right in with Hassan Whiteside. I think he's going to learn there with Spolstra and the crew. I like John Collins. He's an NBA body. He's ready to score, and he's going to go to a team where he's going to walk in and bring the lunch pail attitude. I like him going to Miami at 14. And another one, Gus, with 15, I feel super strongly about. Yep. They need somebody who can hit threes, the Trailblazers, hustles. They don't need a guard. Somebody where their length will help out on defense. I don't know, Gus. Think of like an Otto Porter on the Wizards, except going out to Portland and being the fifth starter. And that's where Justin Jackson of North Carolina is going to go. I think the Western Conference, listen, guys, you're not winning a Western Conference unless you can put some buckets in. They got guys who can score. Lillard, McCollum, they got that. But they're going to create a lot of double teams, and they're going to kick out. Jackson's got a smooth stroke, good played at North Carolina, had that stupid label of him being soft is gone. He's going to add some bulk. I think he's a perfect fit for Portland at 15. I like that pick a lot. Well done on that group of five. I am just going to do a little preview of my group of five. I totally agree with you at the Portland uh, at 15 pick. I'm going to so, jump in with uh, – uh, let's give you, uh, so the rundown, and we give a quick, quick rundown. Oh, yeah, give me give me a rundown. Uh, start with Charlotte at 11, and then give us all the way down to Portland, please. Flying Finn, Larry Markin into Charlotte. Donovan Mitchell to Detroit, terrible pick. Uh, TJ Lee, <laughs> Lee goes to Denver to give them the fifth score. John Collins, lunch pail, goes to Miami. And Justin Jackson, 4-3, off the double team in Portland. Very nice. I'm going to start with Charlotte, and I'm going to go Luke Kennard. Oh, They need the anti-Michael Kidd Gilchrist at that small forward slash off-guard position. Luke Kennard is that. Luke Kennard can't guard anybody. Michael Kidd Gilchrist can guard anybody. Luke Kennard can make any circus shot that you put up in horse. Michael Kidd Gilchrist is still a work in progress in offense. Luke Kennard, hometown, North Carolina guy, goes to Charlotte. My comp for Luke Kennard is very simple. And I'm sure everybody else is thinking this too. It's Manu. Lefty, crafty, like makes shots and has openings that you don't think are available. And then boom, there they are. And then he's making some sort of like off-footed, off-handed, like off-angled layup that you didn't think was there. And Luke Kennard is making that. Then let's go to Detroit. I am 100% with you on Donovan Mitchell. I had not seen any other... Mock draft <laughs> has them taking anybody else but which, Donovan Mitchell. Which and means I we should pick against him. I know we should pick against him. I, we should because everyone's saying it, right? But we're, we're not going to. It's going to go with it. So you think they have Drum, they have Drummond, they have Reggie Jackson, they have Tobias Harris. Uh, they might. Is it? Does this pick mean they're giving up on on KCP? I, I don't know. Here's my comp for Donovan Mitchell. I think it's perfect. Remember Dennis Hobson. Remember him from the oh, Nets? Oh, wow. Yeah. 
Do you remember how like highly he got drafted and how awesome everybody thought he was, and then how much like how unbelievably average he was? Oh yeah. I think I think Donovan Mitchell is just exactly that. Uh, let's go to thirteen at Denver. Denver. I have a very similar pick for you. Instead of uh, T.J. Leaf, I have Zach Collins going here. Okay. They are taking the best player available on the board, the best big available on the board. You had T.J. Leaf. I have Zach Collins. I think we're, uh, you know, uh, uh, correct, right church, wrong pew. My comp for Zach Collins is unbelievably easy as well. Just think Kelly Olenek. Like, why wouldn't you think another Zag that would make a big impact and create mismatches on the offensive end? Uh, Number 14, Miami. Here's my zinger, Mike Randall. Please react as you must. Riley needs something. I don't know what. LeBron's gone. Dwayne Wade's gone. He's stuck with Hassan Whiteside and Drogic. You know what he's going to do? He's going to take a chance here. He's going to roll the dice. He's going to do one last risky thing to see if he can get the heat back on the oh, other side. get out of here. He's going to take Harry Giles. Oh. Oh, Riles. We just watched the 30 for 30 on how great you are. You're going to kill your rep with one pick. Well, he's going to take Harry Giles here. My comp for Harry Giles is very simple. It's Jordan Hill from Arizona. Do you remember how Jordan Hill played really well in Arizona and then was just like this professional player who just kind of like bounced around from team to team? I feel like if Harry Giles stays healthy, he'll be one of those guys who bounces around from team to team as a serviceable big in the rotation. And number 15, I'm right with you with Justin Jackson going to Portland. I think that's a great, great, great job drafting. Portland has been on point with their drafts. If you're paying attention the last six years, they have been on fire with their picks. And I think Justin Jackson is the perfect fit here. And a little shout out to my North Carolina crew. They gave me like the little like Justin Jackson uh, preview as like a person. They say he is the sweetest kid. They say he works so hard that he's totally 100% authentic. He's a great student. He works hard in the gym. He's an unbelievable teammate. This sounds so Portland to me. And you know what my comp is for Justin Jackson? And this is like, this is almost as perfect as Kenny Anderson for De'Aaron Fox. Isn't Justin Jackson just Kerry Kittles all over again? Isn't he just that good all over again? Can't you just see him having this great career and being really efficient and being like the third or fourth best player on his team and being like a big contributor to a great team? He's Kerry Kittles. That's my comp for Justin Jackson. To review, I have Luke Kennard going to Charlotte at 11. I have Donovan Mitchell going to Detroit at 12. We have Zach Collins going to Denver at 13. I have Harry Giles going to Miami with with Pat Riley rolling the dice and taking a big chance. And then Mike and I agree with Justin Jackson going to Portland at 15. Mike Randall, you are up with Chicago taking the 16th pick in the 2017 NBA draft. I feel, Gus, like the variance with these five picks is the smallest, meaning like these are the guys that are going to get picked here. I feel so strongly I just struggled with the order because a lot of teams need the same type of guy. 16 to the Bulls, according to Casey Johnson in the Chicago Tribune, they talked about how the Bulls tend to 
to have this trend of taking guys with a lot of college experience recently and having success when they've been on campus. The problem is I don't see that guy in this group. So I'm just going to say they take the best big available, which I think is Jared Allen of Texas. Interesting. All right. And I know in my gut, I feel like the Bucks like Jared Allen. I think they need a backup to Greg Monroe or a guy who can share time up front there. So I, I like a big to the Bucks as well, but I'm going to say Allen goes off the board. It annoys me because if Allen does not go off the board, my gut says the Milwaukee Bucks will take Jared Allen. But again, upside here. Everybody loves the upside. So I'm going to stick him in Chicago. 17, Milwaukee. I know they worked this guy out as well. I think they're going to go for the athleticism. They're going to go for the Kentucky guy. I think they would have taken... I think they would have taken Hamadou Diallo if he had come out. I believe that going there. There's a connection to Calipari in the front office of Milwaukee. I'm taking... I think they're taking Bam out of bio. And I, I, I think they're taking the upside Ooh. with Bam. He's a big... He's athletic. They want yeah. to run. Giannis up and down the floor... They, they shoot a lot of threes as well in transition. I'm putting Bam there. I think they would take Jared Allen, but I think Allen's going to go earlier. Bam goes next. 18, Gus, you can lock this puppy up. And I don't care if they trade to get him, but this gentleman will be an Indiana Pacer because he's not leaving the state. OG Ananobi is going to the Indiana Pacers. You would, yeah. op- you would open my eyes to this. You're the one we were talking about. Hey, where do you think Ananobi's going to go? You mentioned some teams. Right. I talked about it on the, on the last pod. OG Ananobi is the perfect fit. They're all in. Chips are in the middle. Paul George, is he staying? Is he going? Miles just declared they need a defensive guy. Ananobi has not been able to work out because he's recovering. I think they go local boy, and they're taking OG Ananobi to Indiana. Nice call. 19, I think this gentleman is dropping. I think Luke Kennard is starting to drop a little bit in people's minds. Sure. I think Atlanta takes him as a shooter, uh, you know, sort of, you know, off out of the the range there, like a Kyle Corvarese type of guy. And Right. They, they've been missing him since they traded him. Right. I, I think Kennard's the fifth there, and I think he drops a little bit. Most mocks have him higher, but I'm going to put Kennard 19. And finally, Portland. Portland needs a big, okay? They need a big inside at some point. They just lost out on uh, Jared Allen. They lost out on Adebayo. Yep. Uh, I'm going to go with Ike Anabugo of UCLA. Staying on okay. the West Coast, going big there. You know, it's it's just he's the third big to me of that group. And I, I think he's a little bit more ready than Justin Patton. So, And we're not talking about Harry Giles yet. So, again, to recap, <laughs> six, 16, Jared Allen to – to Chicago, Bam yeah. out of bio goes to the Bucks. OG stays within the state. Feels super strong about that one to Indiana. Right. Luke Kennard, they need a shooter in Atlanta, and Ike Anabugu goes to Portland with the twentieth pick. Okay, I'm not that far off here with my picks here, and we'll, we're, we're not going to have the same ones, but I, I'm, I'm in the same area as you. So I'll start with sixteen with Chicago. Guess who goes here? It's Frank Nedelikina. They need some Rondo insurance just because he's so injury prone at this point of his career. So they take Nita Kina here at 16 to circumvent any sort of injury that Rondo might run into like he did in the playoffs. And that totally changed that. That totally changed that playoff, uh, that playoff matchup. Once he got hurt, they took the first two games and then the Celtics kind of went on a run once he was done. So if they have Nita Kina instead of, I don't know, whoever they were running out there, uh, I think that might make it more viable. So Nito Kina 
to the to the Chicago Bulls at 16. My comp there is Ricky Rubio, another foreigner point guard with some length. Milwaukee, one of our favorite picks at 17. I'm thinking the exact same thing that you're thinking. I'm just going a different person. I'm thinking they need a big to go ahead and back up Monroe, get a rim protector in there. They love length, right? Every single common core of their draft picks this pat like the past like what five years has been length. Anabogu goes here. Anabogu goes to Milwaukee. They're not going to ask him to do a ton. They're going to ask him to come in and play 10 minutes of great defense and defensive board, and that's exactly what he excels at. If he gives them anything more his rookie season, they will be ecstatic. Anubogu to the Bucks. I think that is one of my gimmies. I think they really like him, and I think they really like his length. My comp here is Hassan Whiteside for the Heat. Remember how Hassan Whiteside took that very securitous path uh, to get to the heat and have success and then be an unbelievable defensive stalwart. I think Anabogu has a similar path but just sticks with the Bucks and then becomes this defensive stalwart for them, exactly what they need down in the post. Number 18, I'm thinking the exact same thing. I'm thinking they might need some sort of small forward-ish type player. You know who I'm giving Indiana? I'm not going OG. I'm going semi. I'm going semi Ojale. You know, you son of a gun. You know, I, I was so close to putting him higher because I know how good he is. Ah, that's a good one. Oh, my goodness. So good. I he like OG is, there, but semi's going to be in this area, and you're going to get a lot of points. Ah. You know what? Se- yeah, semi's going to go somewhere in this area. Do you know why? 6'7", 230, put together. He can shoot it from pretty much anywhere. I almost he can sent guard- it to Miami. I almost sent him to Miami at 14. Ah. It wouldn't have, wouldn't have been a bad pick for Miami at 14. He can guard multiple positions. It gives them Paul George free agent departure insurance, and it also gives them a player that can replace C.J. Miles in case he decides to leave for free agency. My comp here for Semi Ojale, hit the rewind button here. And I know I'm going very net heavy, but think of Kendall Gill. Remember how good Kendall Gill was? Kendall Gill did a bunch of things really well. He didn't necessarily shoot it really well. He didn't necessarily drive it really well. He just did everything kind of okay. I think Semi Ojale is going to be a little bit bigger, uh, more put together, better on the defensive end, Kendall Gill. Number 19 at Atlanta, this is where I'm putting John Collins. They hate Dwight Howard. Just say it, say it like it is. They want another big that can play – in place of Dwight Howard, so they draft John Collins here, and they put John Collins in for a little bit of a smaller lineup. My comp for John Collins is R.I.P. Remember Bison Daylay? Remember Bison Daylay for the Bulls? That's the kind of game that John Collins brings. It's this unique offensive game where he has a, uh, some crafty moves down in the post. He can put it up from 15 feet and beyond. Bison Daly is my comp for John Collins. And, and, number and, two, and Dwight Howard is muscular softness. Well, again, they hate Dwight Howard. That's why they're taking a big here. Uh, number 20, uh, Portland. Again, Portland always drafts well. We talked about how uh, they're going to be really locked in with Justin Jackson. Guess what? They're going to do it again here. They're going to take one of your favorites here. They're going to take DJ Wilson from Michigan. They have a little bit of a, a window here where their forwards – are not exactly up to snuff with their backcourt. So maybe they take a little risk on an upgrade of their current 3-4, which is like Aminu and Harkless. 
Uh, and my comp here is just like a little better Harkless. Like he's a little, a little bit taller. He's got a little bit more length. He's a little bit better on the defensive end. And he's a little bit better shooter. So I think if we're going to go comp, we're just going to go player from his own team that he might end up starting over later on in the season. So to review, 16, I have Frank Nidalekina going to the Bulls. 17, I have Ike Anabugu going to Milwaukee Bucks. Uh, 18, I have Semi Ojale going to the Indiana Pacers. Uh, 19, we have the Atlanta Hawks taking John Collins. And then we have number 20, the Portland Trailblazers taking DJ Wilson from Michigan. Rip City. Love Rip City. Rip City always does a great job drafting. There's going to be no mistake that they do it here. You know, with these three first-round picks, I know we said we weren't going to do trades or anything, but it's not crazy they might do some sort of package and then move up to try to get a player that they really like. But I'm just curious to see who that player is that they might really like and if they would have a trading partner that would want to – Go ahead and part with one of those, like, you know, because don't you feel like the cutting off point here is like eight or nine in this draft? Don't you feel like after eight or nine, there's a, you know, a a, a definite defined drop off of player? And then you get like this impact player in the first part of those picks. And then after that, you're kind of all picking very similar players that are going to be very, very similar impact. So, uh, Mike, you are up with 21 and Oklahoma City Thunder. They're a really interesting pick because they always do a great job drafting. So what do you think they're going to get creative with here? I think they're going to go big. I think they're going to go the last available, real intense, you know, decent big and Justin Patton of Creighton. He's a project. I think they need somebody inside. So everybody else is kind of like a little shaky here. Patton's got size. He's got a good work ethic, came from the small school. I think they go big and they go Justin Patton of Creighton. Uh, I will then say this is more a pick of a, my lack of faith in the Brooklyn Nets to do anything positive. No offense to Sean Marks, the former New Zealand uh, professional basketball player who is now their general manager. I think they are going to make the mistake of drafting Harry Giles going to Brooklyn. I think that Interesting. They're gonna, they just don't draft well. I don't have confidence in them right now. I think they're going to be in no man's land. He could take a foreign guy because he's from – New Zealand, but I think they are going to say, oh, Giles is dropping. He did all right. He looked good. Even the last time he dominated, he was 14. So I think they're taking Harry Giles at 22. They, they, they also have a pick five picks later. So if they mess the pick up, they can get it right five picks later. Unless they also mess that one up as well. Wait till you see how I'm going there. 23, <laughs> 23 from the Clippers. It's going to Toronto. Toronto is taking, uh, I hope I say this right, Anzels Pesenix. Okay, Pesenix is from Latvia. He's seven foot two. He's not a big rebounding guy. He's a true European big. People tend to label those guys soft. Doesn't have great fundamentals, but he certainly can shoot. Uh, he, they're saying he's getting better. He's getting better to like a market in, and, you know, even though he's bigger. But I think he, he's not a great knockdown shooter, but he certainly can score. But he's big, which is 7-2. He's got to get better in the rebounding numbers. He's a project, but so are all these guys for the most part who are big guys late in the first round. I got him going to Toronto at 23. Maybe he can learn something from Valensunas. Great creative pick. I like it. 24. Very interesting. Let's not forget about Terrence Ferguson. Now, Terrence Ferguson decided to not go to Arizona and play pro ball in Australia. But he was ripping it up there, doing a great job, dunk contest, the whole bit. Mr. Ferguson is returning, and I think he's returning and going to Utah. I think he's the type of player. He's played abroad, so he has a good knowledge of the game. He's a mature guy, which Utah's going to like. They're not going to like a young 18-year-old kid who hasn't had chance to really go abroad and get seasoned. So I got Ferguson going to Utah, 24, an explosive sort of scoring guy. I think he can do a good job there, shooting guard. 
25. I'm still annoyed at you. I put semi here going to Orlando. They need yeah. scores. They need players. Aaron Gordon. I think he's so versatile. Semi. I almost had him going to Miami. You're going to say, what are you doing? That's 11 picks apart. Yes, it is. But I'm putting semi here. Some draft, some people like draft express have him going late first round, like 30th or even second round. I think he's too good, Gus. I'm with you. So I got, I agree. I got semi going to Orlando. I feel like that's a little too low, but anyway, to recap 21, Justin Patton goes Oklahoma city. Brooklyn makes the mistake, Harry Giles. Toronto gets Pacinics from Latvia, 7'2". Terrence Ferguson back in the States going to Utah. And Semi, who we both love, to Orlando at 25. I just love that we both have Semi in the first round. Again, a list is simply not a list without Semi Ojale. So I will go ahead and start with uh, number 21 at Oklahoma City with the Thunder. I'm going to give them White from Colorado. This guy, this guy was a D two player Ooh. right away for his first three years, and transfers to a, a, a power, you know, six school in Colorado, and puts up crazy numbers, and has just shot up draft boards across the board. Here's why I give the Thunder White three reasons: one, they need a bigger guard to play with Westbrook and Oladipo. They can't have those guys play major minutes together in the backcourt. They're just too undersized to play both of those guys together. Yes, they're both athletic freaks. Yes, they're both unbelievably talented. But push comes to shove. You need somebody bigger. White is 6'5". He's got some length. Put him back there. White is versatile. He reminds us very much of the Thunder profile of big guard, Big player, being able to do a bunch of things, very you know, just diverse skill set. So give me white to the thunder at twenty-one. My comp there is hit the rewind button, people. Hit it twenty years. Go look it up if you need to. Think Gerald Gerald Wilkins with the Knicks. Remember how nasty Gerald Wilkins was with the Knicks before Ewing got there? He was really talented. He almost averaged 20 points a game one year. I think White is as skilled as Wilkins and had this like diverse, like athletically freak game. I think White is that gifted athletically. Number 22, Brooklyn. This is where I have uh, Jared, Jared Allen going. They need another athlete. They need another big. Why not learn from Lopez in the post here? My comp for Jared Allen is JaVale McGee. The reason it's JaVale McGee is because they're both athletically gifted. But their focus is questioned. Do they really love the game of basketball? So my comp for Jalen Allen is JaVale McGee from the uh, world champion Golden State Warriors. Number 23, the Raptors. You know who I got them taking? I'm going a little bit off the radar here. How about Frank Jackson? Here's why Frank Jackson. Kyle Lowry has mentioned that he might want to leave. Kyle Lowry is six feet tall. They have hit their ceiling with Kyle Lowry as the point guard of their team. They are not going any further. They are not going to make a championship. They're, they very well might not make the conference finals again. Why not change the script, try out Frank Jackson as the point guard, and get a little bit more length and a little bit more size to match up instead of having uh, defensive liability with Kyle Lowry in the backcourt. So I think they take Frank Jackson at 23. Number 24, I got your guy. Utah's going to take OG Ananobi. I think they need some Hayward insurance just in case he decides to leave. And just in case anybody gets hurt, I think his injury drops him down into this territory. I know other mock drafts have him up in the teens. But I think because of his 
injury uncertainty. OG Ananobi falls to 24 and the Utah Jazz. Number 25, Orlando. This is where I have Terrace Ferguson. So we have him in the very similar oh, nice, position. Nice. Right? He's an unknown youngster. It seems just right here. Uh, and he has that kind of like, I don't know, un, unofficial Arizona connection with, I'm trying to think, with who am I forgetting here? The point guard that won the dunk contest that dunked over the car. I can't remember his name right now from Arizona. Aaron Gordon. Sorry, it took me a little while to get there. So he has Aaron Gordon, another Arizona kind of semi-alum there. So I think they're going to take Ferguson, put him there, and then hopefully get another score to go along. So then think about this. They would have marketing and Ferguson. So I think they're loading up on former Arizona Wildcats, very similar to the way the Sacramento is going to load up on former UCLA Bruins. Uh, so just to review, I have White from uh, Colorado going to the Thunder at 21. I have Jared Allen going to the Nets in Brooklyn at 22. I have Frank Jackson, a little bit out of the box, going to Toronto at 23. i got OG Ananobi from Indiana going to the Utah Jazz at 24. And at 25 for the Orlando Magic, we got Ferguson, the foreign kid that went overseas instead of playing a, uh, a, fresh, a freshman year at Arizona and earned $1 million and is coming in a little bit seasoned. Mike, we're getting to the final part of the first round for the 2017 NBA draft. Number 26, Portland has another pick. Do you believe this? Who are they going to take? A lot of picks. I think they're taking Jonathan Motley of Baylor, who by all accounts is flying up the draft board as he should. They got Jusef Nurkic there. He's always injured in Portland. The Blazers finished 2015-2016. They were 20th in defensive efficiency. They had dropped to 26th before uh, before Nurkic got there. But then Nurka got injured again. At this size for Motley, he's going to be able to, to play defense inside, get rebounds, and be sort of a, a rim protector who can alter shots. I can see him doing that. You look at their front court, Miles Leonard, no thank you. Uh, they have Al Farouk Amino there. He was in the starting five, then he came off the bench when Nurkic was there, so I don't think his spot's that secure. Evan mm-hmm. Turner took over. Maurice Harkis was at the end of the year. They just keep trying different people. Why not go for the young guy? Why not add another big inside? Get rid of some of these guys that just haven't panned out yet. I think Portland takes Motley there. 27, Brooklyn, another terrible pick. A guy who is actually trending in the wrong direction. They go foreign for Isaiah Hartenstein over there in Brooklyn. Hartenstein, another Lithuanian guy, had a lot of buzz, has great size, seven foot one, two hundred fifty pounds, and he's only nineteen years old. Not a bad athlete. Uh, the problem for him, he's not a great shooter, Gus. He only shot twenty six point seven percent from the three point line, and he's not a huge guy down on the block there. But he, people are going to fall in love with him because they're going to see him as the European big. I just don't trust Brooklyn. Plus, you know, they have uh, Marks, who's who's there uh, from New Zealand, so he's going to be open to foreign players as well. I got Hartenstein going there in the first round. I think that's a second mistake for Brooklyn. Lakers, I like him. You mentioned him before. I just think he's going to go a little bit later. I think the Lakers could use a versatile guy. And I think DJ Wilson sneaks into the first round and goes to the Lakers there. Big guy, hit big free throws, going to develop. He can go inside more than people think, but he also can shoot outside. He's going to be, have a good work ethic coming from the Beeline Discipline School there. DJ Wilson is a talented guy. He'll play nicely with the Aaron Fox, Gus. 29, no, Ma- nice. <laughs> 29, no Manu in San Antonio. They need a score. Really like Jawan Evans. 
And he may not be the typical guy. You know, I was thinking of sort of a Caleb Swanigan post player there. But they yeah, do yeah. need an explosive guy coming off the bench to fill that role. Jawan Evans can break people down off the dribble, which Danny Green cannot do. That's what sort of Manu did. I think Evans comes in and becomes part of the puzzle there in San Antonio. So I'm going to have the, the, the uh, shooting guard, Jawan Evans from Oak State, go there. And finally, I like this gentleman as well. I almost had him going to Utah um, earlier, but instead he's going to go to Utah with the 30th pick. Uh, I'm going to have Derek White of Colorado sneak into the first round Very and good. end up going Very to Utah good. there as my last pick in the first round. Ending it up, my friend, my first round picks, 26, Motley. Maybe that's a heart pick and not a head pick, but I think Motley, sne- Motley sneaks into the first round out of Alpha Omega Pi, uh, Alpha, Alpha Undefeated Pi to Very Portland good. at 26. 27, Brooklyn goes uh, Isaiah Hartenstein from Lithuania. Then DJ Wilson, the versatile scorer, goes to the Lakers. Jawan Evans is the new Manu down in San Antonio. And Derek White joins Utah. I am done. Well done, Mike Randall. Very nicely done. All right, let's get to let's get uh, myself to the finish line. Number twenty six at Portland. You know what they're going to do? This is a hundred percent stash pick if they don't trade some of these picks. So they're going to stash one of these guys. Here's what they're going to do: They're going to take Rondas Kirkus from Spain, small forward, and they're going to stash him away. My comp for him is Furkum Kortsma from Turkey. Bless you. Thank you. Uh, he was the 26th pick in uh, 2016 for the 76ers. So stash pick here for Portland. They put him away, and hopefully he can develop and then bring him back over in a couple of years. Number 27, the Brooklyn Nets. You know who they're going to take? They're going to take one of our favorites. They're going to take Jordan Bell. They're going to take an, a second athletic bouncy big because – Earlier, I had them taking Jared Allen. So they're just going to take two giant, bouncy guys to go ahead and have influence and input some athleticism into their lineup. I think he, if you think, you remember uh, that Louisville team from a little while ago, uh, a couple years ago, and they had uh, Harrell, how like athletically and bouncy he was? Sure. So I think Montez Harrell is like the, the comp there for, for Jordan Bell, except he's Jordan Bell is much taller and much more length. For 28, the Lakers, I know you have them taking Fox and a Kentucky Wildcat at number two. I have them taking Bam Adebayo and uh, another Wildcat here at 28. And I think he's going to learn from a fellow Wildcat, Julius Randle, on the post. I think for some reason the Lakers like these, throw it into the post, and those guys can do something down there with it. So if they have Randall starting and then Bam coming in for a 12-minute spell for him where he can just get the ball on the post, do something with it, make a move, do, get some offensive rebounds, I think Bam is going to great fit with the Lakers at 28. 29, the Spurs, you know who they're going to take? They're going to go so Spursy. It's so go Spurs go. They're going to take Josh Hart. And Josh Hart's comp this year is very simple. It's a BC guy, Jaron Dudley. Like, can't you see Hart just having this like prolonged career, just like Dudley has, where he bounces around to a couple teams and like influences the locker room the right way, and you know scores his ten points per game, or if he has a lesser role, six points per game, but it's a really efficient six points per game. Spurs are going to take Josh Hart in the first round, and the Jazz number thirty, the last pick in the first round. 
is going to be the guy that we had talked about on previous podcasts and we questioned why he came out and this is going to be the reason why he came out. The Jazz are going to take Tony Bradley with the last pick in the first round. Tony Bradley is going to get guaranteed money. It's a nice backup to match up with Gobert in case Gobert goes down again like he did in the playoffs. Then they'll have another positive post presence and they won't have to scramble uh, to go ahead and fill that position just in case that happens again. So the Jazz are going to get some cool players here. According to my draft, they're going to get OG Ananobi and Tony Bradley, which are going to be two great defensive presences. Uh, Bradley on the defensive rebounding end and Ananobi on the defensive end totally. Um, and my comp for Tony Bradley is Adams from the Thunder, minus the hair, minus the tattoos. He's going to be really efficient. He's not going to wow you. But he is going to play lots of minutes, and he is going to be really efficient. He is going to be on the boards, and he is going to get you easy buckets. And he's going to give you an honest effort every evening, and you're not going to question the effort that he gives you. Um, if you think about it, you remember Adams from Pittsburgh? Like You're like, why are they taking him here? He didn't prove anything, and they took him in the top like teens pick. And once you extrapolate Adams out, he turns into this nice, awesome power forward slash center for the NBA. Tony Bradley's going to do the exact same thing. And you know Tony Bradley got a guarantee from somebody. I think he got the guarantee here from the Spurs. And he gets picked as the last player in the first round for the 2017 NBA draft. Like it, my friend. We did a good job there. So, folks, there are our first round picks. We went at it. Follow along with us. You do it yourself. Contact the show at sdspodcast at gmail.com. Tweet us. You can tweet Gus at ckerns12, myself at ftsywarriormike, or the podcast at sdspodcast. Let us know what your thoughts are, what you thought of our picks. And uh, if we get one good, we'll get a couple good ones, we'll retweet it. Uh, and we just wanted to give a couple of ahoys out there. We just want to say ahoy out there at, uh, let's see, at underscore DB hoops. Glad to talk some NBA hoops with you. And we want to say uh, ahoy out there at Jose Carlos. Thank you so much for retweeting uh, and harding and interacting with us on Twitter. So thank you guys so much. And don't forget, our goal for the upcoming season is to get as many reviews on iTunes as possible. So people, if you have a moment this Father's Day weekend, we wanted to wish everybody a happy Father's Day out there. Uh, please enjoy spending time with your family. Please enjoy spending time with the people that were father figures in your lives uh, and thanking them, whether it be with a postcard, a text, a call, uh, you know, a pound, whatever it is. Make sure that you recognize those people in your lives and say, hey, hey, thanks for helping me find my way. Um, please help us out. Uh, help the Screen the Screener podcast out and shoot a review in. You can even throw in a Happy Father's Day in review if you'd like, um, since Mike and I are both fathers and working hard all the time. Uh, listeners, thank you so much for carving out some time, whether it be in your weekend, during your week, and during your commute. Mike and I only hope that we make that time that you're using the screen, the screener to fill in a little bit more enjoyable and a little bit more informative. So thank you, listeners out there. Thank you so much for giving screen, the screener a little time during your week. Please, L.A., pass on Lonzo. You'll make my day. Oh, man. I can't wait to see the scoring after this thing, too, Mike Randall. Let's get this thing going. I mean, come on now. Woo! All right, listeners, thank you so much. Enjoy the NBA draft. Mike and I will hit you up one more time before uh, one way or another before the draft gets here. And uh, please enjoy those picks and write down all your notes on the paper, just like Mike and I did right here. And again, listeners, thank you so much. Cheers and happy Father's Day to everybody out there. See you, everybody.
This is going to be the WWE version of the NBA draft. Julius Randle averaged 3.6 assists per game. Had a boy, good passer out of the post. Are we aware of this? There's one pick I can't figure out. Well, yeah, I mean, what do you, what's Sacramento going to do? Are they gonna That's it. That's yeah. the one, man. That you nailed it. The second I, I, Sacramento pick. What is the comp for Malik Monk? The password is Nidalekina. Who is Malik Monk? He is a 6364. Who is Malik Monk? The password is Nidalekina. I know who Malik Monk is. If you walk into a library and go, I'm looking for Gus Kearns as a book, they immediately point you to the walking encyclopedia section. That's what they do. You knew off the top of your head three games in which Peter Jock struggled. Sucked. You gotta give me Malik Monk's gosh, his, his sneaker size. <laughs> I, I don't know his sneaker size. I'm sure I'm sure it's fourteen. There's Rain Man. Yeah. Yeah. Four hundred twenty two toothpicks in the box. Yeah. And then there's Gus Kearns. Yeah, Peter Jock struggled in Virginia. Two of eleven from the field. Yeah. Peter Jock. I feel like we're the odd couple, like Jack Klugman and, and Tony Randall. Like, I cut my tweets come in, Jack Klugman, dunking good. And your tweets come in like Tony Randall. Why don't you take a deep dive at this? You know, you crazy cool cat Jeff Goodman from ESPN. You know, like, <laughs> but, but it's great. Like, yours are significantly better. It's not even uh, in the same ballpark. The password is Nidalekina. Password is Berkham Kortsma. Who's taking the player from Turkey? I mean, it's, it's Porky's revenge on steroids. My partner loves Jonathan Isaac. He almost put him first. The entire universe loves Jonathan Isaac. You wrote an article calling him Mini Durant. I think you're all nuts. I go, and you can call me an idiot if you want. He goes, you're an idiot. No guts, no glory. Dwight Howard is muscular softness. Rip City. This is going to be awesome. No guts, no glory. The password is Nidalekina.